Hello, everybody, and welcome back to my podcast, Christian in Progress. My name is Samuel Perez, and just a little bit about myself, I am a former gay stripper. Yes, that's right, you heard that correctly. I left behind the homosexual lifestyle to walk with Christ. And this podcast is all about how I do it, why I do it, and to help others like me, and educate those that maybe are not like me. I wanna talk, but I really wanna talk about what a real life with Jesus looks like in 2022. Nothing is off limits, and I wanna be as transparent as I possibly can be. Before we get started, I wanna let everybody know that this podcast is completely free to listen to, and we do accept donations. And we have some awesome rewards and gifts for those who wanna become patrons of the podcast. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Podbean, click on the description and you'll find the link to becoming a patron of the podcast, which means you'll be making a regular monthly commitment. And we also have my website, SamuelAbrahamPerez.com, where you can find resources to give through PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App. On today's episode, we have Jelaine Abania, a Christian content creator and actor on TikTok and Instagram. So did I get your name right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That was perfect. All right, awesome. So we had to actually film that a couple times because I always mess up on her name because she has like the same (laughs) name as my friend and it's like uh, said differently. And so I'm just so glad to have you on the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much, Samuel. It's always a a pleasure and a joy to get to talk to you. So thank you so much for having me and for thinking of me to get to go to your, um, you know, attend your, be a part of your podcast. I truly am super honored. I'm so happy that you're here. So it's actually kind of funny, like the way that um, I actually uh, like met you or saw you. It was actually on TikTok Um, and both of us are on TikTok and we're both on Instagram and we both are these Christian content creator. And isn't that so weird to like say that? Like it's (laughs) when people ask me, like, what's my job? I tell them I'm a Christian content creator. And like it just like people like. Like, what that's your job like you get <laughs> you get paid to like do that and i'm like yeah it's my online ministry like i do it like and people like they love it so they donate to my ministry so i can continue to do it like uh so yeah. that's that's how i met you through tiktok and mm-hmm. all that stuff um but i brought you on here so you can share your testimony of how you became a christian a little bit about what you do you know we're going to be getting into discipleship we're going to be talking about um your poetry book because you wrote a book on poetry um or i should say a book with poetry (laughs) (laughs) and the fact that you used to be like in Hollywood doing acting and you are still doing acting and you're still doing a bunch of projects like that so today's episode is going to be really exciting for you guys who are watching and listening to online or wherever you guys are like seeing this on so tell me a little bit about you like where are you from um how were you raised like you were telling me a little bit that you were raised Catholic like how did you get to know Jesus and what's your testimony story like yeah, so basically I so I'm I was born in the Philippines and almost everyone there are um Catholics and uh so I was born and raised as a Catholic and um I believe like I was about 23, 24 years old. Um I got invited to a prayer meeting by some friends and I was like, yeah, I mean, I I love to pray. I grew up doing it, so you know, why not? And um, they're like, yeah, cool. We're going to be bringing in some statues of uh, Mary and like, I don't know. uh, I'm not sure what other like apostles were going to be brought in. Like, but um, I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I've never done that before. And they're like, yeah, and then we're going to pray Hail Mary 200 times. And I'm like, and something about that just kind of felt 
odd to me. Uh, so I was like, okay, yeah, let me, I'll get back to you. And I was just very, very confused because I've, you know, I've always heard about like how God knows everything and, and all that. So I was just like, God, if you like know everything, I don't really think you would need to hear a prayer 200 times. And it's not even <laughs> a prayer to you. It's yeah. to Mary. And, you know, I love Mary. I love all the disciples and things like that. But something about that just fell off to me. So I reached out to a friend who was Christian and I told him everything that was going on. And he sent me just a Bible verse. And it's the one where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come mm. to the Father except through me. And with yeah. that simple verse, just everything clicked. And I was like, oh my gosh, Jesus is like the only way. Wait, what's, what's happening? You know, it just crumbled all of the, the religion that I grew up with, the legalism and stuff like that. And um, I was like, I think I need to like find a different church. And I started looking around for a Christian church. And then I found one nearby and I was, li I was living in Los Angeles at the time. And then I was blown away by the worship. And I was like, what is this? I've never seen this before. Like this is a whole new like experience to me. And I was like, okay, I need a Bible. Uh, and so I bought a, an NLT <laughs> Life Application Study Bible. I was just like, hey, I'm, I'm in this, let's do it. And, um, and since then I, and then I got Wait, baptized, did you say, I got saved. Did you say NLT? Yeah. NLT. That is my favorite like <laughs> translation. I know <laughs> people too. like hate on NLT because it's not like super accurate, but I'm like, I got my new King James version right here. I also got my S right, ESV, right. but I'm like, oh, the NLT translation is just so easy to read. It's like, I personally, yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, and for me, I was like such a new believer. It definitely helped me understand it better. And same thing, I mean, same with me. I put my different translations side by side to make sure I'm getting the most accurate, you know, type of reading and stuff like that. But yeah, so I got the NLT Life Application, Life Application Study Bible. <laughs> and it was a super thick Bible that I just like, I loved it. I took it with me everywhere. And um, and then I, I was actually the first one to ever get saved in my whole family to ever become a Christian. Wow. And in the matter of maybe, I would say, probably three years, uh, three to four years, everybody in my family got saved. And I'm just like, oh, my heart, like, thank you, thank you, Lord. And now my sister is, um, my sister is also a Christian now. Her and her husband are youth pastors at a church. And so, yeah, and it's, it's just been such a great honor uh, getting to help walk with them through this journey and um and it's fun you know getting to i used to be alone in my faith and not have anyone to get excited with but now i have my family and i have you and a few other friends that i can get excited about the lord with that's so incredible so what was it like like growing up in the philippines um not uh good <laughs> not good um, was it like a, like I mean... a like a poor area or were you like because when i think of the philippines yes. like I, <laughs> you're like, yeah, um, yes. I think of the Philippines, I think of like, um, just these beautiful beaches and like things like that. I, I think I even, I remember I was cruising, um, cause I, some of you guys know that I used to like, part of my testimony, I, I was on a boat and I was a, a sailor <laughs> cause I worked for a big oh, cruise yeah, ship yeah. company. And, um, I remember watching like Philip, uh, Filipino like movies and they have like their own kind of like Hollywood and stuff. And they're like, so good. Like amazing movies. <laughs> Um, it looks like, like the movies that are like, like, but they're very poor in the movies. Like the people you can tell, like, it's like, 
budgeted clothing and all that stuff but like mm-hmm. i was like man these these movies are great but that's what i think about just thinking about like beaches and stuff like that like where, where yeah. did you live so i definitely lived in kind of like it was definitely not a rich area i lived like near a village and and stuff like that um we did have like, like, a, like a farming like village um yeah like there were like rice fields and stuff everywhere around me um, my grandparents uh own like a rice type of the store and uh, they still do to this day um but yeah every time i see those pictures of beaches I'm like I've never been here before, <laughs> so. Um, but I guess one of the one of the perks is that I'm not afraid of roaches. <laughs> oh god, that I'm not is like to... <laughs> awful. I I'm really okay. Like I'm really really scared of, of roaches. Like really really scared of roaches. Like I can't even. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like I actually speaking about this last week. Um, there was a roach in my house because we left, I had COVID for like a week and my parents thought it would be like a good idea to like open up every window and every door so that like, I guess the bacteria could just like flow out of the house. Yeah. And and like when they opened up the door, they like let a bunch of like insects and critters like into our house. I'm like, that was so dumb. I don't know why they did that. And, um, (laughs) that night that we had our door open, there was a huge roach. It was like the size of my four fingers. Like it was like this big, it was huge. And it came in my room and I yelled so loud because it it just, it's not even the (laughs) fact that it's like, it's scary to me because it's just an insect. It's just the fact that it just, it disgusts me. Like I have a feeling (laughs) of disgust when I see roaches. And then when I, when I try to kill it, like I just, I, first off, I can't even kill things. Like I, I, I just, I'm a delicate soul. And so like, if I kill it, like I feel like disgust and I also feel like sadness at the same time. It's so (laughs) gross. Like, so that's me when it comes to roaches. (laughs) No, yeah. When I see, when I see it, I'm like, oh, it's a roach. Like everyone's freaking out and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, it's a roach. And you just like um, slam it, you kill it. Yeah. And sometimes (laughs) you're just like, oh, you're like, oh, excuse me. And you just go about your business and they're just everywhere. Um, another perk (laughs) is that I'm okay to like sleep on the floor. Um, and it's not, uh, I don't know. I guess it's very humbling. You know, when, Mm. whenever my family and I go back to visit, it feels good because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is where we grew up. And, Mm. uh, definitely super thankful, like where the Lord has brought us. But again, it, it is humbling and it is home to me so um so yeah and my grandparents still do they live there um we get to visit every now and again but then when COVID hit we haven't been able to to go visit which makes me sad so hopefully we'll get to visit soon but yeah we definitely did not I didn't grow up in a in a uh, in a rich area (laughs) at all (laughs) I'm like where are they taking these beaches like I saw a video of like Zac Efron doing like I don't even know like these cool things and I'm like where's that at (laughs) That's so insane, though. That's crazy. You know, um, humble beginnings of yeah. maybe not having the most out of life. But, you know, that's the best thing. It, a lot of people don't know that about me, too, is that my, my parents, they migrated from Cuba to Venezuela and then to Florida. And we were so poor. Like, I barely ever talk about that, but we were we were so poor. Like, my parents, both of them, they worked in McDonald's. And McDonald's not paying in the 90s. Like, it was, like, rough and stuff. And my parents, they had to, like, they had to go to school to provide for their three children. And, like, we, we like, to us, actually going to McDonald's was, like, a treat. Like, it was, like, oh, my gosh. Us, too. Yeah. We're, like, yeah. it's someone's birthday. Someone graduated. Let's go yeah, to like, McDonald's. We're, like, yay. One time, one time, I remember there was a kid I was growing up with. And he had a birthday party at McDonald's. And I don't know if they still do this, but the birthday party, it was like unlimited 
cheeseburgers, like, or chicken nuggets, like, whatever you wanted. And me as a kid, like, this was the best treat in the world. Like, I was like, unlimited cheeseburgers. And then now you see, like, I have cheeseburgers, like, all over posted up my room. I like cheeseburger there. Cheese. I have just, like, hidden cheeseburgers. I have, like, a... Uh, Back there's Officer Mac in my background. It's like from McDonald's. I just like, I don't know, I had an obsession. Maybe it translated from childhood, but. it's Yeah, um, it's your childhood. Yeah, it's just like, oh, cheeseburgers are awesome. You know, I was so poor. I thought it was I was the coolest thing. Um, oh, but my heart. How did you make that transition from the Philippines to, um, where was it that you went? Um, California? Yeah, to California, yeah. Um, so basically my dad, um, he studied doing nursing and then he became a nurse so he came here first to california and then um he definitely worked 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 until he could get us um get us to come here and it was really sad because um when we all got our passports me and um my so my mom me my brother and my sister when we got our passports my mom was still pregnant with my baby brother so he didn't Mm like really have a a passport and so um when she gave birth to him he had to be left in the philippines with my grandparents until he was like eight um and so yeah so we would literally call him every single day just so he knows like who we are and like oh my gosh we just start crying i forgot i had this (laughs) this story that's Um, intense yeah, like, do you remember, like, calling cards? Like, we would buy... Mm. I remember I collected all the calling cards we had, and I... We, like, we used, and I had, like, a whole box of them. And I collected them for fun, just, like, as a kid. And uh, my mom one day found them, and she was like, oh, my gosh, like, that reality hit of, like, we call him every single day. Like, this is insane. And my parents yeah. had to, like... They were trying to figure out a way how to get him here faster and stuff like that. And Because your, your mom um, couldn't, like, when she was pregnant... Um, she couldn't give birth like in the states, or no, it was she wasn't like super far along like that. So oh, okay. um, so he yeah, it, it it's like yeah basically he, he was born no before choice. you guys went over there. Yeah, and oh, so okay. we basically had no choice, and there were like these just crazy rules that I didn't really know about as a kid, and so um yeah he had to be left there, and I remember um because we were talking about how like mcdonald's is like this treat in the philippines like when you have spaghetti that's when you um you're celebrating something huge so one day we were just having um so we finally got him to come here with us amen praise god and one day we were just having dinner just regular dinner and my mom like made spaghetti and he came to the dinner table and he's like are we celebrating someone's birthday and i'm like oh like it like you know that that kind of hit us we're like oh my gosh this used to be like such a huge deal to us and now we get to have this privilege of getting to just have this it's a casual dinner you know just regular dinner regular spaghetti dinner but to yeah. him it's this thing like who are we celebrating is did someone graduate like what's happening and yeah. so yeah it's so yeah that whole thing was just so crazy so you got so yeah, i came to... here when i was 10 oh okay at 10 years old that's incredible mm-hmm. and then that that whole prayer meeting you discovering the lord how old were you then i was 24 Oh wow. Okay. So it was a, it was a while. Like what did you what did like growing up like did you you were just okay like praying to Mary or like was it something that just like wasn't I, talked about that much in your family like nobody ever it was, told yeah, you Yeah, it wasn't super Yeah, it wasn't super talked about. It was just like we'll go to church every Sunday and we did. And I remember though when I was little um we couldn't go to church for some reason on a Sunday and it just felt I'm like, "Oh, 
I'm so bummed I, we don't get to go to church. And you know, you I've seen like what the priest has done like up there on the little platform. And I'm like, you know what, we'll have church today. Like me and my sister and I got like this piece of bread and I'm like, we're gonna have communion and all these things. And so it, ever since I was little, apparently I'm like, yeah, today we're gonna have church, everybody. And it's just my sister. You're, you're and I'm pastoring. just like saying, st- <laughs> I'm just saying stuff over and over and I don't even know what I'm saying, but. I remember like that I had wanted, I was so bummed that we couldn't go to church, but yeah, it was, it was more of like, um, a ritual type of thing. I didn't really get anything out of it. Like relationship wise with, between me and the Lord, it was just like, this was the right thing to do. So, you know, I got to do it. Did you ever do confessional like in confession? Mm -mm. (laughs) You never, you know, I'm not Catholic. I was, I was raised, born, raised, um, Christian. I always thought confession was so cool because I just, I don't know why those little boxes were like so cool to me. And then seeing them in the movies, that's the first thing that you always see in the movie, like, oh, father, I've sinned. And it's like this crazy yes. like face behind. I always wanted to know what that was like because I never got to experience that. So, yeah, I got to, I got to sit in that, the confession box once and, um, and I don't even know what I confessed because I was like nine or something. And they were just like, okay, <laughs> Father, well, I stole do? a lollipop. <laughs> Forgive yeah, me. <laughs> that was it. And, and the priest was just like, oh, okay, do three Hail Marys and do this and this. And I'm like, okay. And so that was it. I only did it once, but it wasn't. Um, but yeah, it didn't like hit me in mm. my heart. I just thought like, okay, we're just following rules and things like that. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, so moving into um, you doing that prayer meeting and you kind of discovering the Lord um, and you're like 24. How old are you now? I'm 30. So that was you're six 30? years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I'm sorry. You, you just look really young. Like you're, you really, Thank I thought you were going to be like, like my age. I'm 25 right now. So I'm like, oh my gosh. So you thought I got saved last year. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I was like, I don't know how long she's been saved for, you know, but wow, I never, I would have never thought that you were 30. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, good for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> good for you. But okay, that's incredible. So, so then when you um, came to know the Lord and you were like hungry and like for the Lord, you say that the first thing that you struggled a lot with in going to church um, was kind of like legalism, um, mm-hmm. that you were... How many churches have you been to? Is it just one church or like? A... So uh, I've been to, I've, I've visited quite a few, but I've stayed really in just three, three churches. Mm-hmm. So um, I th- I got saved at Mosaic Church in Los Angeles. I know about um, that church. <laughs> yeah. And so quick, so quick story. So when I discovered that whole worship thing, I'm like, wow, what is this? And I love to sing, let me, I want to be a part of this. So um. So they were having auditions and like they posted it on, on Instagram and I was like, yeah, I would love to audition. And Mariah, she's super huge, huge now. Um, she, I messaged her and I was like, I would love to audition. And she's like, okay, yeah, can you send me a video of you singing? And I, and so I did. And she's like, okay, you should, uh, could you come tomorrow at four o'clock to audition in person? I was like, yes, I would love to. So I came got there at four o'clock. I got so nervous, Samuel. Someone came up to me and they were like, hey, are you here for the worship audition? I was like, um, no, I'm here to be a part of the cleaning team. And so (laughs) I committed to the cleaning team for like two years and I never, I didn't get to do it. (laughs) 
what the heck? You're just, you're just like, I no, I'm I'm a gender. <laughs> like just a whole nother spectrum. Like what the heck? That's inc- that's crazy. Like all my friends are like, uh, my friends who are like worship leaders now. They're like mm-hmm. at this other church. They're like, I told them that story, and they're like, you could literally be a part of Mosaic now. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, yeah, but then you and I wouldn't have met. And they're like, who cares? <laughs> like, yeah. you could have been a part of that. But also at the time, I didn't see worship as this um, a spiritual warfare thing. I saw it as a mm. stage. So yes. I'm pretty yeah. sure I like the Lord knew what he was doing when he was like, you're mm. not ready for this because I just yeah. saw the spotlights. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, eh, it's okay. God knew what he was doing. I didn't have the right heart back then. I didn't even know anything about spiritual warfare. None of that. I just thought it was singing. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, I can totally relate to that because I started off at a really popular church as well. Uh, I won't say the name because I, I don't have the best things to say about like churches like that. But because uh, a, a lot a lot of people, they watch my Bible studies and they watch kind of what I teach, what I've learned in the Bible and stuff. And so like I'm not a huge fan of like big mega church, uh, like popular churches like that. Mm-hmm. But I do know that they have a place in the body of Christ, 100%. Like especially when you're baby Christian and you're seeing all these things for the first time. You're like, I didn't even know mm-hmm. that like anything like this was possible. Like you, you walk right. into the Mosaic Church and you're like, wow, this worship is like incredible. Yeah. I had no idea like you, you could worship God like this. And so yeah. I think it has its place and stuff, but then you kind of just like, you kind of like outgrow it a little bit, especially if you're doing what like you're like the Lord is asking you to do. And in some areas, you know, some people will always be in churches like that and stuff, but mm-hmm. you know, there's so many, that's a great, that's a great thing about Christianity. The great thing about Christianity is that there's not one way to do it. It's just like, there's all these magnificent ways of doing discipleship and all the things mm-hmm. that Jesus has asked us to do. But, um, I was going to this popular church and I really, I love to sing. I've always wanted to worship and like sing and all that stuff. And, um, I still do. Like, I just haven't released any music stuff yet because I'm, I'm too busy doing these podcasts and all uh, <laughs> consecration. But um, I remember I was, uh, I had I had wanted to join the worship team at this big church. And uh, they asked me to record like a three minute, like acapella song. And I didn't have any formal training or anything like that. And I didn't even like practice. Like, I just like, I literally got, I got my iPhone. I put it up on top of my bed. And I just gave the song a go. And then I sent that to them. Like, I like, no effort, like barely any effort at all. And I had gone to school for like acting and theater. And like I'd taken singing classes and stuff. I don't know. I just, I was just like, well, they're just going to see my heart. And hopefully if they see my heart. Like they just like will invite me up like to stage and stuff. Like, I don't know. But only the, yeah. nor- the, the Lord knows because I, I didn't get like into the worship team. I really wanted to. But I ended up doing um, the greetings. Like, uh, for the people coming into the church, like, uh, I, oh, okay. people would come into the church and, um, after the service, they would come to the tent and then that's where they would meet me. And then I would like offer to pray for them, which is not something they actually asked us to do. Like they just mm-hmm. told us like, give people the resources of the church, you know, tell them when it's open, tell them when, like when the next service is and all that stuff. But I was mm-hmm. so like on fire for God. Like I, my life had been Yay. just changed so much. You guys can hear my testimony and like other videos, but I like wanted to pray for people and like nobody in my tent did that. Like nobody, like no, everyone was really scared to like pray for other people. So I would be like, is something going on in your life right now? Like, are you sick? Like, do you have this? Like, are you struggling in this area? Like, I would love to pray for you. Like, can we pray together? Like, I want to hold your hand. And like, I was so like out there and and everyone around me and my team was like, what are you doing? (laughs) 
Because it's kind of like that that atmosphere of like, we're going to talk about this on this podcast. Um, that is like, only the pastor can do stuff like that. It's like, it's like you know, even in, in, I would say, Western American Christianity, it's kind of like we, everyone loses their their touch with the Lord and they think like the way that I do Christianity is I come on Sundays, I listen to a pastor, I let the teams do what the teams need to do. And I, I live this very kind of like far away life from God because I'm not the anointed one. I'm not the one with the skills. I'm not the one with the, with, with the passion for the Lord or whatever. And that's kind of like what's taught in, in like American Christianity. Like we, we really don't think that, but it, it is because I was like surrounded by all these Christians, like this popular church and like, mm-hmm. they didn't even know how to pray for other people. Like let, like praying was a really big deal. Like when we would like get in our circles and people would be like, okay, who wants to volunteer to pray? Everyone would be like, like looking around, don't you know, like, no, dude, don't look. And I, I, I would always be like, I want to pray. Like, <laughs> I, I want to do that. Like, I'm there with, with the Lord. Um, but you, Aww. okay, so you went to Mosaic and then you transferred over to some other churches. Like, where was when you experienced a problem of like legalism and like just like insecurity in general, like having to like work really hard in, in your relationship with the Lord? So, um, so yeah, I mean, I won't name the church, but I, but it is like a mega church. Um, and basically, uh, I was a worship leader there and, um, I love worshiping. I love dancing and just expressing. I mean, like I used to be super shy too. I couldn't even pray like out loud. And then the Lord gave me breakthrough in that and he helped me find this freedom. And through that, he wanted to use the freedom, freedom that he brought into my life to help free others. And so I'm like, heck yes, let's do this. And whenever um, I get up there and, uh, and they always gave me fast songs. So I'm not going to just like sway. I'm going to like jump and like, you know, start doing the, I don't do like the Dougie cause I can't, but I'll start doing the jerk up there and I'll start, you know, nay naying sometimes just whatever. Like if this is like an explosive song, let's do it. There are times when like I'd steal a drumstick and I'll like start joining the, the drummer on the back and, you know, and doing that. Um, but I remember I was like just dancing and I was just giving my everything to the Lord and I got pulled into um into like this little meeting and um they were just like yeah you can't do that because you know we this is a new church we're uh we're a new church the congregation they're going to think we're weird and I was just like but wait hold on what's going on like I thought we're supposed to mold around Jesus and then the congregation molds around Jesus as well. Like we're trying to set that culture. And they're like, yeah, but they're just going to think we're weird. And so I felt really like discouraged. But I'm just like, you know what? This is my pastor. I'm going to honor him. I'm going to honor what he says. So I obeyed that. And they're, I, I was just like, what can I do then? They're like, you can just, you can jump. And I'm like, how am I going <laughs> to just condense everything? Like contain myself and just like. You know, I can't do that. But I did. I did everything I could to just try to contain it. And I did it for a year. And then one day, I was up there. And also, I'm like, stop giving me fast songs then. <laughs> you know, <laughs> y'all like, give me the fast songs. So, like, one day, I was just, like, up there. And I saw that there were people in the congregation kind of like this. And they're, like, we're not moving during the during the worship songs. And mm. my heart really broke for them. And the Lord was like, "Are you? what are you doing to help them? And I'm like, not, nothing. I'm mm. not doing anything, you know? Yeah. 
And one of my friends was like up at the uh, altar and she looked up at me and she's like, just go for it, just go for it. And I'm mm. like, okay, I will. And so I just started dancing again and I wasn't doing anything super crazy. I was just like dancing to the beat and stuff like that. And suddenly the whole congregation just busted up and like, and uh, laughter and dancing and people were dancing and jumping and, um, and everything, everyone was going wild and it's this amazing thing. There was just breakthrough and freedom in the atmosphere. And then the pastor came out and he was just like, he's pointing at me and he's like, yes, this is what we're about. Jelaine is like, this is the culture of this church. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what? Okay. It's, I'm like, okay, maybe he changed his mind. Maybe <laughs> this whole thing changed his mind. Yay. Like, amen. And then a few <laughs> weekends later, uh, I thought I, like I was in the clear. I thought everything's good. A few weekends later, um, I was dancing again, and uh, for the next service, where I'm about to go up, and then the other worship leader, the main worship leader, was like, "Hey, before you go up, the pastor wanted me to tell you, like, you can't do, you can't dance like that." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "Dude, no! Like, you know what I've been through, like." I can't, I can't just contain it. You can tell the Holy Spirit to try to calm it down, but I, it's not me. And he's just like, I know, I know. And I was just like, whatever, it's fine. So, uh, so later on that evening, I was like, Lord, do you want me to step down? If you want me to step down, I'll step down. If you want me to stay, I'll suck it up and I'll stay on the team. And the Lord was like, okay, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You can do whatever you want, but just know that whatever you do up there, that's the seed you're planting into the whole church. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I know what to do. Cause I'm not going to go up there and plant a seed of like fakeness. I'm not going to be there and like pretend to have authentic worship. But then that authentic worship is just me swaying and like, hmm. you know, it's just not real. That's not who I am. Yeah. Um, that's not like, uh, what is it called? When, you know, when David was like uncontainable, he had this un uncontainable yeah. joy praising the Lord. And, um, and so I called the worship leader and I told him, I'm like, Hey, I'm stepping down. I can't do this. And then the weekend after the Lord led me to a different church, mm. not even like out of like hate or like pity. It was just, um, I ran out of gas and I couldn't get to my, that church I was going to. And I had to walk to this other church. And as soon as I walked in, the Lord was like, this is your new home. And a part of me felt relieved because I was just like, oh, yeah, I don't think I can stay in the other one. But I was willing to stay if God told me to stay there. But I'm grateful that the Lord kind of gave me the green light. And I left respectfully. Mm -hmm. I left the other church respectfully. I told them the Lord's leading me to this other one. Um, but even though I did that, the pastor unfollowed me. He blocked me. And I'm like, man, I thought I was doing the right thing by, like, I was leaving respectfully and everything. And so... Yeah, so that part was unfortunate. Wow, that's in, I'm sorry that happened. Like that's actually reminds me of a time where I was going to a church as well, and I was doing worship, and I remember they told me uh, I really wanted to like I remember watching Upper Room, and International House of Prayer, and you know, different churches they do different things of how they I guess want to be perceived and so on, um, <clears throat> and I thought to myself like. I really want to want worshiping. I want to like move around. I want to like uh, like uh, lay down if I need to lay down or get on my knees or like jump around and stuff like that. But the way that the worship was formed on the stage was that I was going to be sitting on a stool and I couldn't move from the stool. I just like had to sit and sing. And it was the the way that the church did, you know, their their 
sets or whatever that we were doing at the time. And I, I felt so constricted and I went up to the worship leader and I was like, I really want to like, I just want to like move around, you know, like I, I want to like, I want to get on my knees if I need to get on my knees, you know, or jump or do like, I, sometimes I, I feel like I need to move, you know, with mm-hmm. the spirit. And uh, the worship leader was like, no, you can't do it. And I was like, if I can't do it, like, I, I don't want to worship like that, you know, like, because it's like, I, I feel like I need to do something in the spirit. And like, now I can't do it because you told me I, I can't do it. And it's not for performance. It's not for show. Like, it's literally no. just for myself. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to have a real interaction because I'm trying to worship God on stage. Right. I'm not trying to worship or put on a show for anybody else. I want to yeah. have my worship moment with the Lord. I'm not even like concerned what anybody's watching me. Like, they shouldn't be concerned wa- watching me either. Like, they're, they're supposed to be worshiping themselves. Like, why do they care what <laughs> right. I'm doing? Like, you got to be focused on you and I'm focused on me. And I'm like we're just leading the song to like get you going into the spirit yeah. too you know mm-hmm. um so it was like really devastating and I, I could definitely relate to that and it kind of goes back to you know with these churches there's uh, sometimes you know with the church buildings it's really honestly it's hard to try to figure all those things out and that's why I try even I'm starting a prayer room in in my area in, in Miami for Lauderdale and um one of the things I always say when it comes to worship is I tell people, I'm like, do whatever you want to do, like in front of the spirit, you know, like no one here is going to stop you. Like if, if you need to like, if you even need to like yell out like Jesus or something, like if you need to go run, run a mile, like, or you want to dance or you want to lay, lay out on the floor, like this is your time to connect with God. Like it's not my priority. It's not anybody else's business, what you're doing to connect with God. Like, because that's mm-hmm. what this atmosphere is for, for you to connect with the Lord. Obviously being respectful of people, you know, too. But like, mm-hmm. connect with God if you need to be, if you need to connect with God. And so, um, but rarely people are like, they don't even know how to do that because they've never been given that permission um, to mm-hmm. do that. And so when we see these videos online of like, like Upper Room or Maverick City or these big music videos, you know, where people are like in the big spaces and they're worshiping and they're clapping and they're moving. And, you know, there's no, like all the organization, it doesn't, it doesn't seem organized. It is organized, but it doesn't seem organized. Mm-hmm. It's like, of course, that's exciting for people who maybe have been in a pew their whole life and just been like, I think I can clap. Will people, right, will right. people look at me if I start clapping or if like I raise my hand, like, oh my gosh, I raised my hand. Like, that's a big deal. You know, like, yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy to me. Like, I, it's sad. Honestly, it's sad because we should be teaching people like whatever gift you got, like you, you were able to move the entire audience by the way that you worship the Lord genuinely. Um, but speaking about worship, how were you able to like understand the difference between like performance and like worshiping God? Because that's like, that's a big one. Like people, when they come into Christianity, um, I see that a lot with people that it, it's it's less of a intimate moment with the Lord and more of I'm doing this to be seen by other people. And that has kind of translated into our Christian music like industry as well. Like a lot of these songs have nothing to do with Jesus. <laughs> like it's just about feelings or even like performance art and performance art is great and stuff, but like you know, it's like, don't label that worship because that's not worship. That's like, that's mm-hmm. you giving, like you writing songs and you maybe, maybe a secular mm-hmm. album or something like that. But we've created like these weird industries. So like, how are you able to find that balance of like, when you get to worship God and like, when, how, how did that start? 
Um, for me, I guess personally, the way I kind of decipher between what's performance and like what's genuine is like just a hard check. Like, am I, if I was alone right now, would I do this? And I know like for me, even if I'm alone and like you said earlier, like I'm just moved. This is for me. This is between me and the Lord. If you're looking at me, why why are you looking at me? (laughs) You know, (laughs) you should be paying attention to your relationship with God. So I know that for me, like I... So uh, I was um, gifted by these pastors, um, like a little pew, like a prayer altar. And it's beautiful wooden altar. I remember my uh, my friend introduced me to, when she first introduced me to Maverick City a few years ago, I was just like, what is this? This is beautiful. And I was just in my room worshiping. And I'm like, I love the Lord. I love this altar. I come I come before you humbly, like to your altar. And I like pick up, picked up the altar and I'm just like holding it like under my arm. And I'm just like this heavy wooden thing. And I'm just like jumping up and down. And my friend like got a video of me. And, um, but she was just like, oh my gosh, dude, like, but then she also knows that I'm being authentic. It's not this thing of, I don't do this in front of people. Um, and also sometimes when the music is like all hypey, sometimes the Lord will tell you, get on your knees. You know, mm-hmm. this is, this is an intimate moment. Mm-hmm. If the song is slow, maybe sometimes the Lord will be, will give you that kind of like energy and then you just start jumping out of nowhere. Yeah. You're not doing it based on the song. It's based on like the intimacy between you and the Lord, like yeah. what's going on between you two that only you two know about. Like, and you shouldn't be judging other people's hmm. worship and stuff like that. Even yeah. if you feel like, okay, is that, is that, is that person's worship like authentic or is it fake? It's none yeah. of our business. It's between yeah. that person and, and God. But yeah. yeah, for me, I decide for between the two by, you know, asking myself, would I do this mm-hmm. if, if I was alone? And many times we're like, mm, you know, there, there might be some people who are just natural born performers hmm. and, um, and in their quiet time, they're just like this, but then you're like, okay, then which one's real? You know, people, people who judge other people's worship, it's kind of just like a weird thing for me. Cause I've been, I mean, I'm part of pretty charismatic circles, I guess you would say, Mm-hmm. Not like super charismatic, <laughs> but I am su- I'm super led by the spirit. I really am. Like I'm so untraditional. And so like the people who are only doing that is like mostly charismatic people. And um, I've been to so many conferences. I remember one of my conferences, there was a guy who was, uh, he was doing the robot. <laughs> so I was worshiping the Lord and it's like a super slow song. And then the guy behind me, he was like, like doing the robot <laughs> and then just dancing, like worshiping God, like. Yes. Oh, <laughs> and and I looked at behind. I was like, "What is this guy doing? Is he like?" To me, the first indication was like, "I want to judge this." Like, I'm like, "Dude, this is not the place for you to be doing the robot right now." Like, it's like I, this is a slow song to the Lord. You know, it's like, "What are you doing?" But then later on, I was like, "This is so." He was like not concerned. He was not on stage. He was like out to the side. Like he was just giving his heart to the Lord and dancing before the Lord in his own way. And yeah. I could see that he didn't care like what other people were looking at yeah. him. And yeah. I was like, this is actually really beautiful. And so I introduced myself afterward. And I was like, I love your dancing. And oh. I, just a shout out to him. He's um His name is Chris. I forget his last name. He has a book called Dancing in the Clouds. So I want to like advertise that. But um, oh, he wrote a whole book that. about dancing and his dancing is incredible. But and it is like super inspirational. Like the closer you get to God, you're the more you're like, okay, yeah, this person is actually on a whole nother level yeah. that I don't know about. 
Um, and it is inspiring because you're like, yeah, they really don't care. There was mm-hmm. um, somebody at my at my previous church who did the pop and lock whenever <laughs> they're worshiping and they're up there at the altar and they're, like you said, they don't care about what anyone else yeah. thinks is between them and the Lord. And it is super inspiring. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So before we get into like, this topic of discipleship. So you are obviously huge in discipleship. Like you have an entire, like I would say church, you know, you have the, the fold church is what you called it. Before we get into all the things that you're currently <clears throat> doing as a Christian and in ministry, I guess you would say online ministry. Um, you used to be in Hollywood doing acting. And so I like, well, how was that? Like you, you just like, I want to be an actor, like just start going yeah. into auditions. <laughs> So I've I've always loved acting. Um, I've always loved singing, dancing, like anything regarding like performing and stuff like that. And I started out doing extras work in different. Um, I started out actually on Ant Farm, the Disney Channel Ant Farm. And I'm like, oh, hey man, I still look like a high school student. So I was literally like <laughs> 23, 24, and I was playing a high schooler. And um, so I started with, out with Ant Farm and Disney and Nickelodeon stuff. And then um, my agents would take me to um they'll sign me up for tbs stuff so like more grown-up stuff i'm like amen and um (laughs) i'm like yay and so by the grace of god i got a little bit more like feature roles and stuff like that um but yeah i definitely saw a little bit of the dark side of hollywood which i think is the reason why the lord kind of pulled me out of there as soon as i i got saved the lord was like oh yoink Mm. you're not gonna be there anymore um but yeah, I definitely got to discover the, I didn't fully like get into it, but almost, almost. Um, what was some of those dark sides of Hollywood? Like what is some of the things that you saw that you're like, this is not um, right? So I noticed that people treated you based on your status. So if mm. you weren't like a principal actor or if you weren't like featured. Uh, so when I was like working as an extra, we were treated like poop. And yeah. they're like, uh, oh, it's breakfast time. Here's a box of donuts. Go nuts. And I'm like, okay, thank you. And I'm grateful. I'm like, yeah, food. But um, the, when you, I guess, move up um, in status or whatever, and you become like part of the union and all these things, you become more featured. They're like, oh, you know, you have a trailer and suddenly everyone's nice to you. And mm. but um, and it's and it's hard to like differentiate because you're like are they being genuine because i love people and i want to like believe you and you know because because they they're suddenly super nice to you um the producers are super nice but then when you're like a nobody then Mm. you were treated like you're a nobody um that's actually kind of crazy because i like i said i went to school for acting and i got into acting before i was a christian i had an agent and i really wanted to do like I just wanted to get into it. And, you know, I didn't care. Like, I thought the experiences were the, the coolest part about it, like being yeah. on set. And, and so I signed up for a bunch of extra work as well. And they wouldn't even pay us. Like, they, how they would pay us would be, like, the meals that we would get. And so I'd be like, I'm good with that. Like, hey, this covers, yeah. this covers my meal, you know, like, for the day. Like, let me just go in for, like, an eight-hour, like, set. And I, I experienced that, too, in the commercial industry of Miami, doing all those acting, like, it was like, oh, this person, like they have maybe a second on fi- like on film, like they their face gets shown, they get an entire trailer, they get a whole like a uh, wardrobe that gets picked yeah. out, they have makeup people, and then for the extras, it was like, 
nobody cares about you. <laughs> like, like you're not gonna get the trailer. Like, if it's hot, like too bad. Like, you're gonna sweat. Like, it, it, it was. It, and and yeah, and just seeing those people who were like principals in in the um in the set, it it was completely different like treatment. And so I can totally relate. I didn't yeah. care. I was just like I was enjoying my time. I was yeah, like, this I was is just so there cool. for the experience. I'm like, this is great. I love the behind the scenes stuff. Um, I. And they cast you based on like how you look, mm-hmm. so and and it's so um and I can imagine it's definitely it, it can be discouraging if you're like oh I got casted as like the ugly nerd and you're <sighs> like okay sure and stuff like that and so um I always like would feel terrible whenever I would see then they'll like lump you together according to your like category and stuff like that and there was a time when I got casted as a principal role for a commercial and I know how it felt to be treated like as a nobody as an extra so i would go over to like the extras people and i'll try to like make them feel like welcomed and like loved but then one of them snapped at me and was like um oh so you think you're so cool coming over here because you're a principal and i'm like i'm literally trying to just make everyone feel loved like oh, fine i'll go back to my little corner but yeah people were just like it's just nasty like nasty attitudes and stuff like that and i'm like oh, what is this because we see we think of hollywood as like wow like you've got stars in our eyes and stuff like that but you get to you get there and yeah and then there's this uh instance that i uh i think i've shared yeah i've shared this with you before so yeah there was this one time when my agent had called me and they were like hey um Charlie Sheen picked you to be in his new show called Anger Management. And I was like, great. Like, I've never seen the show, but I know who Charlie Sheen is. I know that's a pretty, like, famous name. And they're like, yeah, uh, so are you available tomorrow for, like, a fitting? And I was like, yeah, what's the role? And they're like, you're going to be a waitress. And I'm like, great, perfect. And so the next day I go there for the fitting. And the fitting was not what I expected. They gave me this tiny little outfit. It looked like a bikini and like just very short shorts and like really high heels. And I'm like, um, that, I, this, I'm like, I think I got the wrong outfit. And they're like, no, that's your outfit. And I was like, no, 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 uh, my agent said that I'm a waitress. And they're like, yeah, you're a waitress at a strip club. And I'm like, oh. <gasps> I was like, they didn't, they didn't tell me that. Um, they're like, yeah, well, that's what you are. And I was just like, can I back out or? Like, is that okay? And they're like, you can, but you'll be blacklisted. Like, it'll hard. It'll be hard for you to get another job because they'll see you, like, casting directors will see you as someone who's unreliable. And of course, like, I didn't want that. So I was just, like, feeling torn inside. Mm. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? And, like, I saw the other stripper waitresses, and they are like, this small. And I'm like, and I just had, like, a burrito that day. I'm like, this is just uh. not good. <laughs> this is just not good for me. Like, I'm bloated. Like, it just is terrible. And so, um, and like the the camera crew, they were all men and mm. I'm very, I grew up very reserved and I'm like, uh, you know, my uniform is usually a big shirt and like basketball shorts. Yeah. Very, I'm always covered. Um, and so this was just very like, uh, it was just very scary to me. And, um, and the wardrobe lady felt really bad and she was like, you know, I'll give you a robe. And I'm like, okay. And so we finally get on set and I'm wearing my robe and then the director, um was like looking at me and like pointing at me and I'm like what's going on and they're like hey the director wants to give you like a line to say and usually in this industry when they give you a line to say even if it's like hey or hello it's an automatic like thousand dollars and I needed the yeah. money really badly then and so I'm like sweet yeah I'll, I'll take it I'll take the line 
And so we start rolling and then the wardrobe lady was like, okay, time to give me your robe. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so like, it's just, and I take off my robe and I'm wearing like these super high heels and skimpy like outfit. And I've just felt so uncomfortable. I was like hiding behind the curtains and they're like, you can't do that. Um, at one point they're like, where's Jelaine? And I'm like, right here. Um, like I'm behind the curtains. Yeah, I'm behind the curtains. <laughs> and so, um, we did the lines and uh, and I'm supposed to go up to Charlie Sheen and ask him for his order or whatever. And then I walk off, but I just felt so uncomfortable that I was like, hey, can I just trade with that girl, the other waitress? She's just sitting down she's talking to a guy at the table and stuff. And they're like, okay, but if you trade with him, you're gonna have to like give give up your line. That means you know $1,000 for you. And I'm like, mm. yeah, it's, it's okay. And so if you watch that episode of Anchor Management, you see me in the corner, like talking to this, this guy and they, they end up scratching the line anyways. So the girl just walks by Charlie oh, Sheen. Dang. And so, um, yeah. And so I'm like, Could've okay, I'm going to be sitting here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. But the, but the part is that, okay. So even though they had me sitting down, um, I put my hair up like at the front to cover everything you know yeah and then they cut they cut they were like okay cut and then the director's like whispering something to the wardrobe lady and then points at me and she comes over to me and she's like i'm sorry sweetie and like pulls my hair back uh, oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh it was just i'm like this is i yeah and then i think a few months after that i like the lord um like i, I visited my family for a wedding and then after that i never came back and I think it was because of that whole thing. I'm like, I don't think I can stomach it. Like, yeah, it's it's too dark. Yeah. Just for that particular set, not acting general, right? No, 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 not. Yeah, just for that particular set and like how like in Hollywood it's it's either like you do either either do this or like no more yeah. you're blacklisted and stuff like that. But I still mm. I still love acting and doing all that. Yeah, that's uh, that's so unfortunate. I mean, I can definitely relate. Like I said, <laughs> doing all those acting and stuff. I remember when I um I had worked my way up because I think if you're consistent with anything, like you can, we live in America. Like we can we can really achieve anything we want. Yeah. Like we have so many opportunities here. You go like coming from the Philipp Philippines, me coming from like you know my family in Cuba. Like there's so much opportunity. And so for me, uh, I started doing the extra work. Then I went to um, like I would they noticed that I could act because I went to school for acting. So yeah. I started doing the auditions. I started booking the auditions. And then they also just noticed that like I would do stuff for free. So they're like, oh, let's throw this. Let's throw a bone at this kid. Like he's just like doing <laughs> stuff for free. Like yeah. he's he's really reliable. Let's give him some more stuff. And so yeah. I worked my way up, started getting a bunch of auditions, booking auditions. Um, the agency was making money off of me. And then I moved to New York. And when I moved to New York, there wasn't an agent office over there. And so I kind of lost that opportunity. When I came back, I was like, hey, I would like to like be in the agency. Like I, I didn't tell them like, hey, don't book me for stuff. I said, if you have opportunities in New York, like book me in New York, because that's where I'm going to be living. And they just like totally blacklisted me. Like after that, like they were like, we don't want to work with you anymore. Just because I moved. I was like, because uh, I wasn't making them money anymore. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So when I came back, I was like, I want to work again. And like, they just ignored my emails. And I was like, like really like this this is a missed opportunity for you too you know it's like you could be making money with me again you know i guess not but it was all the lord and then now recently right. i've gotten into acting again too and it's Jeez. it's something that the lord has been like giving me dreams about because i could care less like 
I did that for a season of my life. I think it's fun. It's exciting. I love to do it like as a hobby and stuff. Um, if a career came, sure. But I kept having these dreams about like acting and, um, and being in movies with like Meryl Streep and like all these people. And, um, and I was like, God, like, if you want this, then like, you know, you do it. I don't want to do headshots. I don't want to do like the whole agency thing. I don't want to go looking for an agent. Like, I just kind of want you to like, I want literally someone to just discover me and be like, here's a role. Like, I really wanted that. And I was like, if this is your plan, like, I know I don't have to do it. Like, you will do it. Like, God, he promises things to you. He's going to do it. And craziest thing happened to me. I was like, (laughs) I was like on my phone. And then this guy texts me. He's like a friend that I used to go to acting school with. Just texted me out of nowhere. And he was like, hey, there's an audition. Would you like to come? And I was like, I don't have an agent or like a headshot or anything. He's like, you don't need any of that. Just come in for the audition. It was like, it was a beer commercial. And I was like, okay, sure. So I came in. When I came in, I was like, I don't know what to write where it says agent. He's like, oh, don't worry. I got you. We have an agent in house. Like, like you'll get an agent today. And so I met with the agent, got the agent. Like they signed me up to the casting network, which is where you get all the auditions from and stuff. And I was like, this was exactly what I wanted. <laughs> like, I did oh not gosh. want to do a lick of work. I just wanted to like, I just wanted God to bring it. Like, if this was what he wanted for me. So now yeah. I'm going to be able to start going into auditions and stuff. And it's it's going to be oh super cool. Oh my gosh. Like, Congratulations. That's a huge deal. Praise thank God. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. To me, it's like, it's one of those things that's like, if I get to do this, great. If not, like, because I'm already so busy with ministry. I love ministry. It's like my passion. Yeah. But to, to do that. And, and. Yeah, it's it's different for everyone because I don't want people to expect to just be like, well, God will just bring it in my lap. Like yeah. the Lord specifically told you, yeah. hey, I'll do it. Yeah. Whereas with other people, he might say like, hey, well, I need yes. you to do a few steps. Yes. Maybe you need, you maybe this other person needs to take a headshot. Yeah. But um, I was too busy. Like different. Yeah, I'm 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 doing the Lord's work, so I'm like literally like every yeah. day I have my Bible studies. Like I don't have time to like go out find an agent like yeah. do those photo shoots. Like, and so the Lord's like here. Yeah, God's like, don't worry, I got you. You're working for me. Wow. Like I'm just gonna put <gasps> oh. this in your lap, and so whether I get some stuff from this or not, you know, it's it's great. I think it was it was awesome, even just to do that one audition. So. Anyways, enough about me. <laughs> um, that's huge, though. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. No, but, like, that's what, like, Christians we should do. Like, creating and continue to acting and, like, put our stamp yeah. on on secular culture. Just, like, you know, how cool would it be, like, if we had people out there, like, making movies that are, like, Christian? So that's probably, like, what inspired you to, like, want to do content online, right? So, like, you make, yeah. you make TikToks now. Like, what was, what was your first, like, big TikTok that people were like, oh, this is so cool, like... Tell me a little um, bit about that. So, I, so I've always uh, posted, like, silly skits and stuff like that on Instagram. But that's when, like, so, like, ever since Instagram became, like, a thing, I've always just loved doing videos for uh, for family and friends to see and stuff like that. And then when TikTok came out, uh, a few of my friends were like, you need to post your stuff on TikTok. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. I don't <laughs> do, like, dances or anything like that because I thought that's all same, you do on TikTok. Same. And so they're like, no, 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 you have, there's, there are different like categories. And so I'm like, okay, well, well, what do I do? Um, I told myself I wouldn't sign up for another social media thing. And they're like, you just post your skits on there. And, um, so I'm like, okay, I think the very first one that I ever did was, um, it was like when I get to heaven or something and it's me. Uh, and I was using the, the voice quivering, uh, little I don't know, effect, effect or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, 
I apparently I was in line to get to heaven and I'm like, oh my gosh, the Lord's here. And then like someone is like shoving. I'm like, hey, we're all going to get our turn. And um, so that like got like, I don't even know, like over 10,000 views overnight. And I was like, oh You're my like, gosh. You're like, TikTok maybe... is where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, no, that was, that was me too. I like, I posted like, it was, it's nothing like the content that I do right now. I was doing like a Bible explanation of like this thing yeah. between Samson and Delilah. And that got 200,000 views. My first TikTok. I was like, yeah. And it was a joke. Like, to me, I was like, no one's going to watch this. Like, no one's like, it was just like a yeah. cool little fact like that I put out there. I was like, Ugh. like, I probably get like maybe like 500 people watch this or something. It was like 200,000 people. I was like, Whoa. I know. And it's, yeah. So since then, I was like, oh, hey, maybe, maybe people do care to like see these videos. And then Heck yeah. since then, I would just start, um, you know, praying over videos and stuff like that, asking God what he wants me to do. And so I've done a lot of like, um, stories from the Bible, but kind of putting a little comedic twist to it to where like a new believer would be able to understand and like a seasoned believer would kind of get a chuckle out of and Mm -hmm. see it in like a whole nother from a, a different angle. And so, yeah. And then from there, um, I started getting, comments from people being like hey do you do zoom bible studies i want to do like a bible study with you and i was like i don't i don't even know what zoom is because you know covid had started and i'm like what's zoom but yes i'll do it um and then through that meeting people on tiktok and stuff like that um i started hosting these zoom bible studies and then Mm. from there this group just started growing and our first zoom meeting we had like six to eight people and um and then like more people started coming and we're like okay maybe we need like a group chat to kind of mm. start organizing things and then so now our group chat we have like 380 something members and um we started out with one zoom session a week and now we have one every single day every week sometimes wow. we have the, like multiple stuff going on yeah um and so yeah we have incredible leaders who's helping me with this because i can't do this by myself and so the lord definitely helped me uh find you know people who can help me run this whole ministry so now we have kind of like a church with almost 400 members wow that's incredible yeah i mean i can totally relate uh, you kind of inspired me a little bit because i was also doing that. Um, I had started a group chat where I was doing Bible study, but I really wanted a more of a family vibe. And it's really hard to get to know, you know, like 300 or 80 people, you know, it's hard to get to know people like that. And so I had narrowed it down. I was like, guys, I really want like a a set of group of people who are going to commit to three times a week, you know, who are going to be there every single time, who are going to be transparent, honest, vulnerable, you know. Um, So we got it down all the way to like uh, 1.20. And then now we have like 12 i think we have or going on 13 and um we're like a real real family like we we know each other like those people they know everything about me they know my bad and they know my good um and only them like they're they're the ones who like i really do life with but there are so many people who are hitting me up online and they're like i don't have the time to commit to three times a week or to do anything like that and my friend had asked me to do a discord and I had no idea what Discord was. I was like, I don't, I don't know what this is. <laughs> do you, do you know Discord? Yes, yeah, yeah. One of my, uh, one of our leaders actually started doing like a Discord. I don't know all the tech stuff behind it, so they're 
um, handling that. They're doing an amazing job. And I'm like, you just tell me what to do with that. But that's their, that's their channel. So we it's, have, we, we do have a discord, but I don't know how to do it. It's fantastic. It's just, it's a bunch of chat rooms and stuff. And so I had to learn how to do it too. It's, it's essentially just chat rooms and each chat room has different topics so that you go and yeah, it's yeah. organized. And, um, I was like, yeah, you know what? I was like, let me create some type of place where people can come on and we can we can still do life and not have to be so committed, you know, so, a, a discipleship place where I can still teach people, do calls with people, do Bible studies. Started the uh, the Discord thinking no one was going to join. It got so active, like right away. Uh, we have 500 members on this Discord. Like insane. Oh yeah, insane. And um, and people jumping on. Uh, we have special chats for same-sex attraction, different things like that. Like we have calls for people who are struggling with same-sex attraction. People just regular. Like a lot of the people, I was like, man, this is incredible. Like they're just jumping on. They're reading Bible, uh, like chapters with each other. They're doing date, game nights. We watch movies with each other. Like it's so fun. Um, oh and then recently, gosh. I was like, man, I really want to like take this to the next level because. Um, it's cool. We all get to chat and we make memes and stuff. But like, how can I really instruct these people? Because in the culture that we have, and this is something I wanted to discuss, discuss with you, because I know that you probably have some type of opinion about this. In the culture that we have, no one's really teaching like how to do what we do, how to impact the world with our God-given purposes. Um, no one's talking about that and, and then also how to be mentored in that and how to mentor other people because Jesus, they, he left us with a command and that command was go out into the nations, make disciples of the nations, make learners, make students, how you choose to do student, that's entirely up to you. You know, like some people are going to do it through zoom. Some people are going to do it through the traditional church system. Um, mm -hmm. but my thing was like, I want people who are going to, I want people who are going to like do things untraditionally. I want people who are going to like make discords and like, you know, or do, do what you're doing, you know, make TikTok videos and then it, get, have a gathering or something. So mm -hmm. I started a pupil program on the discord, which is just like a weekly zoom call for these people and then recording those zoom calls. So if they can't make it, they can jump on and stuff like that. But it's been a pleasure. Cause I'm like, man, like 500 people, they didn't have a community before or they didn't, they had nowhere to really be real with people about things like sex or pornography or, you know, um, it's stealing, lying, anger, you know, drug addiction. Now they have this amazing place where they can go to congregate. So you started the full church. Like, tell me how that's been like starting that full church and how do you teach them? How do you make them your disciples? How do you like, what is it that you do when you, when, if someone were to be interested in your full church, like they just log on zoom and it's just like, can you speak or what? Yeah, so usually, um, so I do on Tuesdays, Tuesday nights, and Sunday mornings, I do a live on TikTok and on Instagram, and that, those are usually the days when I'm like, hey, everybody, you know, it's kind of like casting a net out there and letting people know like, hey, you know, I, if you're looking for a community, if you don't have a Jesus-centered community, please come and join ours, like, we would love to have you, and so um, that's usually how a lot of people found the fold is they come across a live or see me on like their explore page like my one of my silly skits and stuff like that um and so they'll log in and we have like a website thefoldchurch.net 
and then um, they click the newcomers button and then they get sent to our group chat and from there they'll see like the links and what we're doing that day we have people running our instagram and our main chats being like hey we're starting um in an hour we're gonna have a family night or like um our zoom bible study and stuff like that or the men's the women's whatever it is and they'll jump on and um and we have uh 12 uh leaders uh who we call like the daps they're the designated accountability partners and they're also mentors for uh for those who may be seeking a mentor and stuff like that and um so i do uh i have a meeting with the daps uh, maybe we try to do it like once a month just to kind of see like how's everything going and stuff like that But at our very very first meeting we ever had I wanted to make sure like they knew my heart and I'm like, you know as if you're gonna be a dab like number one the Lord highlighted y'all to me to help um, in shepherding his flock and um just know that if you're leading a zoom session you're not better than anyone you're not just there to teach you're also there to learn and because mm. uh, other people are gonna get revelations from the lord and mm. you can't come into these zooms being like i know better than you today and none of them do like the, everyone was already like humble which is like praise god praise <laughs> like lord. that wasn't like yeah praise the lord that wasn't too uh difficult of a talk they were already like they already had a humble uh, personality like character in them and um and i pointed them to romans just being like hey you know we're all equal no one's above anyone and um if anyone brings up a um a controversial or a tough topic that could, might trigger other people in the main chat uh let them know that hey i'm gonna send you a dm right now and then reach out to them make sure that you're there with them answer their questions um because you can pull them aside and and talk to them without triggering the rest of the because you never know like what trigger words could like yeah. bring someone back to their trauma and stuff like that so um but we are uh we're not even i don't think we're not even a year old church hmm. so we're growing and we're all learning and because yeah. this is through zoom and we're all from different parts of the world we don't have a building we don't get to meet up every day and stuff mm -hmm. like that there's definitely a lot of grace and understanding that needs to be given um because again we're learning we're growing and anytime you're growing and learning there's got to be a lot of grace yeah and stuff like that and uh, but yeah it's always like a pleasure just being reminded that we're getting to do life with with these people these amazing people who are so hungry for god um yeah i don't even know if i answered your question right but um yes, but yeah, no. we, we tackle a lot of a lot of topics we love theology apologetics mm -hmm. um we do talk about controversial uh things but we make sure we we meet up and we're able to articulate them well yeah. uh, making sure that we're not like t talking out of the flesh or anything yes. like that out of emotion making sure everything is given through love and truth yeah no that sounds incredible you know to me i think it's really beautiful the way that the lord is using this season of many people are scared, you know, to go back to churches or yeah. some people have been hurt by churches and they don't really believe yeah. in traditional church systems anymore. And, you know, there's always going to be the, the outsiders, the untraditionalists or the people who are, you know, really being led by the spirit to do something new. And I think new is good. And mm -hmm. the way that you're doing things is so, it's different from the way that I'm doing things, but it's, really the same too like yeah i have my my 12 disciples <laughs> this is so funny and yeah. <laughs> i meet with them a lot i don't meet with them once a week because i i'm i'm pretty needy 
and they're pretty needy too. And so we, we meet with each other, like we need each other every, like three times a week. And we really get to know each other. And, and, and then they go out into the Discord and they teach every single week in the pupil program as well. And so I just think it's wonderful the way that the lawyer like has used one girl from the Philippines to impact 300 people online and so many thousands of people online through TikTok. And it really shows us like when we follow uh, our purpose and, and what the Lord has for us in our lives, like we can achieve so much, you know, and inspiring people to do what you do, uh, Jelaine. And then also like me, like I inspire people on the discord too. I'm like, and I'm not special. Like Jelaine's like not special. I'm not special. Like we're just, we're equal. Like we're, we're just yeah. children of God, like literally listening to the spirit and asking the spirit, like, what should we do? You know, and you should also like ask the spirit and like, you don't know what type of impact you might have, even if it's just one person, like one person impacted is as much yeah. as a thousand people impacted. Yeah. And it's, I think it's beautiful, but I don't want to waste too much of your time. We've already been talking <laughs> for more good. than an hour. You are so no, interesting good. to talk to. Oh, uh, thank you. But I do want to throw out there that, um, so, uh, so I do talk to, um, I talk to my dabs every single day, but the business side of things, that's once a month. Oh yes. but yeah. Cause I'm also pretty needy. I'm like, <laughs> hello. Even yeah, no, literally days. like, it's kind of crazy. Cause when I started the discord, I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk on this like thing every single day. And like, oh my gosh, I am addicted You're to like, discord hello? because it's people, you know, it's people and you get to talk yeah. to Christians and everyone's going through their own life journey. Everyone, like some people are, you know, sick, they're in unfortunate circumstances. Some people are yeah. great circumstances and you just get to bond and, and learn something from every single individual. And it's yeah. so exciting. Like it's such a different way of doing church and and from what we know, discipleship, you know, discipleship yeah. is so, so, so important. I, I, I can do an entire like podcast just on discipleship. Yeah. <laughs> I probably should. But um, yeah. yeah, that's that's incredible. Thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. Like, yeah, it, 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 guys, if you haven't checked, checked her out on TikTok, please do. She has 226,000 followers. <laughs> that's an incredible reach makes incredible content like acting doing skits like whatever she you know what i love about you too is that you you just kind of you can tell that you do whatever it is that you want to do at the moment like you're not curating things like you're not like you i don't feel like you have a plan like you seem very spirit-led you're just like i felt this from the spirit i'm gonna go for it because you be making some funny tiktok sometimes and i'm like this is so different from her last tiktok and it works so well like people really enjoy that authentic oh. like genuine stuff that you create so guys please go check her out where can people like find you like how can they find you or anything so, you're doing <laughs> yeah so right now um i am on tiktok and instagram jelena banya and then i'm also on spotify i have a few songs a few singles out right now um i think my latest one is called my everything mm. and i um, heard if that you're into, it's like, great slow jams oh thank you yeah. yeah it's like one of those if you're just like on a soothing drive or if you maybe want to cry your eyes out while you're driving like that's the song to listen to or just relax to um and uh, what, oh and then i also just published a poetry book a christian poetry book and you yeah. can find that on amazon and barnes and noble we didn't get to talk about that <laughs> but there's there's i know like we were we were planning we were gonna do a whole another podcast and stuff there's so many projects i'm sure that you have like 
your mindset on uh, and you're just like me i have so much that i want to do and, like, yeah we always have so I, I don't have time like i'm like i'm just everywhere all at once but like you know the lord he's in control yeah. of everything and so Absolutely. guys go check out her poetry book go check out her music go check out her content and, like show her some love like put on the comments samuel sent sent me from the on the podcast or whatever if anybody even Yay. gets that <laughs> but thank you once again for coming on and um yeah bye everybody thank, thank you for you. listening um we'll be back on next week with something i gotta share or some other guests so okay. peace out everybody thank you samuel bye bye